0: Get Cody's trade alerts and all of his latest positions on the Trading with Cody app for iPhone and Android and on
1: TradingWithCody.com.
0: Welcome back to the Cody Underground Podcast. I am Cody Willard and today is January 25th, 2016. In the Trading with Cody chat room this weekend, a subscriber wrote to me, Cody, your mindset doesn't seem to to be the same as when you were as bullish as you used to be throughout the last few years and shrugging off crisis after crisis like Greece, Cyprus, the EU, the financial crises in the EU, the Middle East tension, Russia and Ukraine, and etc. Do you see us having another leg down? Are you still positive for the year? on the year, expecting the year to be positive for the stock markets. Well, he's exactly right that I'm not as bullish as I used to be, and I'm not willing to shrug off the current crises like I did for every single supposed crisis, like Cyprus and the EU and Italy and... Ukraine and so many of the crises over the last few years. I pulled up a few links in my post today about this on TradingWithCody.com and uh, in an upcoming post for RealMoney.com that you can read about where, you know, in 2012 I wrote an article called The Euro Crisis Jumps the Shark. In 2011 I wrote one called The Greek Collapse is Bullish. Another one I wrote, Uh, In 2010, don't panic over Greece. Another one from 2010, why you should be buying into this panic right now. I'm not writing things like that right now, though, am I? Back Back in real time here in 2016, I'm not that bullish. See, what's different this time is that stock valuations are higher than they were at any point. Back when I was writing those wildly bullish posts into the teeth of those short-term panicky sell-offs from 2010 to 2015. That and the fact that my analysis continues to highlight that oil's crash is creating currency and economic turmoil in Russia and the OPEC countries and the commodity crisis is creating pain in Australia and Canada and in their economies and markets. that and the fact that the impact of an upcoming wave of a trillion dollars worth of energy and commodity bankruptcies that I expect in 2015, 2016 here, those things have me more cautious than I used to be. My portfolio is higher in cash than it was in 2010, 2011, and 2012, even than it was in 2014, and I'd already been trimming back in 2014, two years ago. Over the weekend, I even, by the way, added a few shorts in the last few years since I came back, in the last few months. Um, I'm just not as bullish as I was in those first few years since I had left TV and came back to trading. Over the weekend in the Barron's Roundtable, an economist named Felix Zulayoff, Zuloff brought up another potential black swan event. That China will eventually stop intervening in currency markets to support the value of the yuan in order to avoid losing all of its, current, its foreign currency reserves that it currently has. They, they have about a trillion dollar account deficit if they're going to try to stabilize and support that yuan versus the dollar as the dollar is increasing in value recently you got to be careful i you've heard me talk before on these podcasts and in my articles many times about the fog of war and if we're fighting seeing currency wars being fought around the country well there's fog of war in the currency wars and that's exactly what we're seeing right now with these currency wars impacting russia opec countries australia canada this is the fog of war this the currency wars the end game the logical end game of course is fog of war the unintended consequences like there are in any war it's one of the main reasons i'm so anti-war in addition to just not liking violence and death is because there's always unintended economic consequences and policy consequences to every war whether it's actual military or in this case a currency war i will say if i, I actually went back and googled uh this guy um Felix Zuloff, which I didn't know anything about until um, I'd been asked about him this morning by several subscribers after they saw him in Barron's this weekend in the round table. And I don't pay that much attention to those round tables and Barron's exactly for this reason. I went and Googled the guy, and I'm not trying to pick on him, but my gosh. In, June, in two, June 2009, he's talking about how the market is naive and that it's, do it, it quote, the market will hit a lower low than it did in March 2009. The Dow was at 8,600 at that point, on its way to 18,000 in the next six years after he wrote that. In 2010, he talked about how the market was about to crash. It, it, the rally will only last one year. Uh, in 2012, he was bearish said the gold is in a secular bull market. You should buy gold at 1500 Gold's now at 1100 He thought uh, equity markets around the world will top out this quarter. That's back uh, in January 2012. The markets went much higher for the next two or three years. So, um, again, I'm not trying to pick on Zuloff. Uh, it, the, the name is spelled, by the way, Z-U-L-A-U-F. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right. Um, if he were a guest on my show or something, I'd ask him and make sure I know how to pronounce it. But the point of this is you can Google him yourself and look him up, Felix Zulioff. Um, I just happened to Google him, wanted to know more about him, did this research after several people in the train with Cody chat room, where, you, by the way, you can find all my positions and see all of my trade alerts anytime I buy or sell a stock for my own portfolio. Um at tradingwithcody.com and on the Training with Cody apps for iPhone and Android. Uh, so while I find Zuliav's argument about the China currency issue and the potential for it causing some serious market turmoil and economic turmoil, uh, I find that compelling. But Zuliav himself, I think, is a good example of why I always preach being flexible and never locking yourself into either bull or bear status. What's interesting right now about this macroeconomic setup and this discussion and analysis we're having here is that pretty much every bearish macroeconomic, geopolitical, currency war, corporate earnings, energy and commodity related bullet points, every single one of those sectors, every bullet point I can come up with bearish on those points, that we can find everything ailing the global economies and stock markets would probably be helped by a weaker dollar. And that means the Fed has got a heck of a lot of reasons to cut back rates again to 0% and to kickstart another round of quantitative easing and try to come up with newer ways to print money. You can certainly take any further rate hikes off the table. A Fed back in easing mode and a weaker dollar would help increase pressures It would help alleviate the increasing pressures that China's currency devaluation and the breaking point that it seems to be reaching. It would help stop the endless decline in oil and commodity prices. It would help reinflate export-centric economies and export-centric corporations. Think Apple, uh, Caterpillar, the rest of them. It might even force more savers and savers with left that still have money left that they haven't had in higher-risk assets to finally move some of that sideline cash further into higher-risk assets like the stock market. I want to be clear here. I'm not advocating for more of what Robert Marson would call, quote, whining free market hypocrisy, begging the Fed for QE and monetary easing. I am simply stepping back and trying to analyze the most likely scenario for the markets and the economy so that we can be better positioned to profit and avoid losses in real dollars in our own portfolio. So net net, let's talk. I do expect more near-term weakness and perhaps another test and even a breaking lower from last week's Wednesday from last Wednesday's panicky lows when the Dow was down 550 points midday, and we snuck in, and I actually bought some call options, as I mentioned on the podcast last week and wrote about in real time for Trading with Cody subscribers and the trade alert I sent out. But the point is that the Fed will start to rumble about cutting rates, and at the next meeting, they'll probably go back to 0%, and they'll say that they are now worried about deflationary cycles again. Last quarter's CPI run rate, uh, CPI rate, was the lowest in many years, as the St. Louis Fed noted Friday. The stock markets and gold prices would probably rally five to ten percent off of that kind of a move in the headline of a Fed getting easy, getting easier, and those comments and that move from the Fed would probably make oil pop ten to twenty percent. And then what? We're off to the races again in the stock market and energy, commodities? Mm, not so fast. I'm not so sure. Because then I'd be worried that the markets will fall as the Fed is going into another easing cycle. Because of, as I've long pointed out and as I've told you on these podcasts and written many times on MarketWatch and USA Today, on TradingWithCody.com and everywhere else, you should always fight the Fed. You should do exactly opposite of that old saw that you should never fight the Fed. You go back and look at history. When the Fed's easing, typically have sell-offs, bear markets even. And when the Fed is raising rates, say, from 96 to 2000 like they did, you had a huge bull market, or from 2003 to 2007, or from 2011 to 2015. The Fed was easing, and markets—I'm sorry, the Fed was raising, getting less— Easing, less easy, and the markets rallied. When the Fed's cutting rates like they did from 2000 to 2002, you get sell offs like they did in 2008 and 2009. When the Fed's easing, you get market sell-offs. It's counterintuitive because everybody tells you you should never fight the Fed. But history, especially over the last 20 years, would tell you exactly opposite. So what to do? Look, as I have been saying, we don't have to commit fully either way. We don't have to be aggressively long or aggressively short every moment of every year. We don't have to try to catch every move in the markets or, tr- or make sudden rash decisions to sell all of our stocks and mutual funds when the markets have tanked. We don't have to try to chase them when they've rallied. This is why I've repeatedly talked on these podcasts and in my um, articles over the years that you want to sell when we can and not when we have to. In the meantime, today I did go ahead and add a round. I shorted a small position, starter position, restarter position in IBB, the biotech ETF. Sort of a hedge on my broader portfolio, and it's also a way I think I could profit on some of the analysis here for the market setup, if I'm correct, about it being set up to decline near-term pop after a Fed meeting and commentary, uh, talking easing, and then probably perhaps heading lower from there in the midterm. So that's it for today's Cody Underground podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I am Cody Willard. And I'll catch you on the flip side Be careful out there Be contrarian Be objective Peace, love, and happiness old
1: thing on a block And I got the acid rock You not you be giving it up And keep on giving while I'm living it up Myself, I'ma take from the poor And give to the rich And double high deep I dig every ditch And then be good in the game Like Joplin until I'm violated or quit And well, I'll be living it up You keep on living while you're giving it up about the way he living Take a hit, make a hit, keep a tunnel vision Sign a deal with the feds, go to music prison Who believe you a prophet when you enjoy your music sell advertisements, profits Well, who knew boo-ho we get a clue Yo, do I blew your mind from Q.U. to Soho Cody Willow, New Mexico, Lobo Muddy souls, get around like hobos Yeah, we be tearing it up You gon' get it, how you giving it up? You gon' get it, why you giving it up? Living while you living it up See I thought I was rich Till I got rich And found out how rich rich can get